Okay, people, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town. Santa! Oh, my God! Would you please tell him that instead of presents this year, I just want my family back. Rudolph, with your nose so bright, won't you guide my sleigh tonight? It must be magic. I must find some way to keep Christmas from coming. Nobody's walking out on this fun old-fashioned family Christmas. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? True, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Seeing isn't believing. Believing is seeing. The best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. Welcome back to another week of Tis the Podcast, the podcast that is determined to keep the spirit of Christmas alive 365 days a year. I'm Tom. I'm Julia. I'm Anthony. Guys, it is beginning to look a lot like Christmas. No joke. (laughs) It is amazing. You guys got snow? We did. We got snow. It was fantastic. Uh, And we built our first snowman. Oh, you did? It ended up being less than a foot tall. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Tom, that picture you posted of Ellie out in the snow was freaking adorable. The one Christine posted is going to be our Christmas card this year. Like, we weren't planning on doing that kind of Christmas card, but we saw the picture and we're like, "Mm, this is it. Done. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. Wait, so how much snow did you guys get? (laughs) A little over an inch. Yeah. What did you guys get in Owasa? Yeah, we may have gotten a little bit closer to two in some areas, I mean, shoot, if it had just been a half an inch, I would have been giddy. Well, it was pretty perfect, right? Because it was, it's early, so we usually don't see snow this early. It was right. enough that the ground was covered and it was really pretty, but it wasn't so much that the city came to a screeching halt. Right. And it was the beautiful <coughs> snow. Beautiful. Where, one, you were awake and you could enjoy watching it fall and it was big, fat flakes and it was just glorious and it was on your day off and it was on my day off so i didn't even have to be like oh i didn't have all the how am i gonna get to work stress and are they gonna let me work from home so i can enjoy it we're expecting four inches on thursday (gasps) picture it doesn't happen it's supposed to start though like after work starts so uh during the day yeah yeah that's a bummer that is a bummer. Well, it probably takes a substantial amount of snow for y'all to not have to go to work. You're not weenies like us where <laughs> the city shuts down. <laughs> hey, I will say for a little while, at least on Monday, it looked blizz- it looked almost blizzard-like outside. Mm-hmm. It did. It was blowing snow. So, guys, I saw the new Grinch last week. And without disclosing too much in case we cover it. Which we will. It was better than the Nutcracker. And there's a character in there who is Tom. <laughs> there's a new character who is literally Tom. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. <laughs> no, no. no. He, he, it's a beard and he's just so jolly. Like, like oh. it's, a, it's a new character. He literally lives out like, at like the bottom of the Grinch's mountain on the outskirts of Whoville, and he thinks the Grinch is like his best friend, and the Grinch. <laughs> oh my gosh! So it's like us on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wish we were discussing that movie, but tonight we are not so lucky. 
What are we discussing tonight, Tom? Tonight we're going to talk the 1996 attempted comedy jingle all the way. (laughs) And I'm going to go ahead and do a plot synopsis. Uninvolved in Ramesh's father was supposed to get a Turbo Man, the hottest toy this Christmas season. For some reason, his wife, knowing exactly how he is, waits until the night before Christmas Eve to follow up and ensure he has the gift his son wants more than anything else in the world. (laughs) Instead of being honest and admitting his mistake, he lies and embarks on a journey to save Christmas. Along the way, he makes a frenemy with a mailman, is mocked by retail employees, and gets attacked by Santas in what I can only assume is an attempt at slapstick comedy and humor. (laughs) Can I ask you guys a question before we really delve in? Whatever happened to Sinbad? Oh, I don't know. I feel like he's one of those that probably ended up on one of those celebrity boxing match shows. <laughs> you know, you look at him and you're like, oh, they didn't age well. He, uh, he used to be so big in the 90s, though, man. I remember him. Being His honest. comedy was very dated, though. Yeah. yeah. He was in a movie I really liked called The First Kid, where he was like the Secret Service agent for like... Yeah. Uh, yeah, I remember, I remember that, that movie. I loved that movie. That's a good movie. Uh, he has been I on. He has been on Comedy Bang Bang, Family Guy, American Dad. He was in the movie Are or the TV show Are We There Yet? And he is a voice on The Lion Guard. The story of like. Oh, is the that the continuation most of the, Yeah, the continuation of the the Lion King with Simba's son. That's right. Hmm. Uh, he got he got divorced and then remarried the same woman a decade later. Oh wow! Oh, wow. Yeah. When you know again, you know again. Yeah. Um, and uh, and two thousand nine, he filed Chapter Seven bankruptcy. Oh, oh that's sad. Womp womp. <laughs> All right, so let's go through the cast and credits as the. Amazing Father of the Year nominee, we have Arnold Schwarzenegger. Mm-hmm. I don't even know where to start with what the guy's known for. Terminator, most probably uh, uh, most well-known. He was in a mm-hmm. Tis the Podcast, a movie with a Tis the Podcast alum, Jamie Curtis, called True Lies. I love True Lies. That's one of my favorite, like, I don't know, action flicks. Yeah. It's a great movie. I love it. He was in The Predator. Mm-hmm. All, like I said, all the Terminators, The Expendables. He was kind of in just about everything there for a while. He was Commando. He was Commando. He's in a TV movie called Christmas in Connecticut. He was in, oh, probably my favorite Arnold Schwarzenegger was Kindergarten Cop. <gasps> I uh, love that movie too. What, what about Twins? I was going to, the next twins. twins and The Running Man. I mean, the guy just has a, a long history. And, well, and, and what started it all, of course, Conan the Barbarian, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, this is also the second week in a row we have a politician in a movie. Yes, it is. Uh, as the fun frene- frenemy Marion the Mailman, he has been in a ton of movies like First Kid, Good Burger, Coneheads. Like Anthony said, he was all over the place back in the 90s, but has sort of fallen out of favor. He was in Homeward Bound 2, Meteor Man, <gasps> and he had a regular on the TV show, Different Strokes. Mm-hmm. This is probably one of the first movies I've seen where I can't stand Phil Hartman because I love that guy. But his character, Ted Malton, was just 
unbelievably insufferable. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my favorite Phil Hartman movie is So I Married an Axe Murderer. Even though it's not, he's not the biggest part he's ever played, he was just amazing. He was a regular recurring character on The Simpsons. He did several voices like Troy McClure, Lionel Hutz, and Bill Cosby. He was in Third Rock from the Sun on TV, but I think we all know him most from his stint, his long, illustrious stint on Saturday Night Live, right? Mm. Oh, yeah. Colon Blow. <laughs> My favorite Saturday Night Live commercial. Colon blow. Colon. High fiber cereal. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, no, oops, I crap my pants. That's what it was called. It wasn't called colon blow. It was called oops, I crap my pants. Uh, and then, of course, you've know, been in just about everything you can possibly imagine. He was in Three Amigos. Such a great career. Um, I really, really like Phil Hartman. It's awful that he died so young. It is. It is. Uh, Rita Wilson plays Arnold Schwarzenegger's wife. Liz, oh, she, uh, I, let me guess. I'm going to guess for you, your favorite Rita Wilson is Sleepless in Seattle? Absolutely. My favorite Rita Wilson is My Big Fat Greek Wedding. Uh, she was in Runaway, <laughs> Runaway Brides. Um, I was very saddened to learn that she was in the TV series Girls. She was. Uh, oh, show. was she really? Mm-hmm. Way too good for that. I have a lot to say about her character in this film when we get to it. Good or bad? Rita Wilson. No. I'm just, gonna, just confused. I'm just confused by her. I am, I, am too, I don't know what she was supposed to be doing on this. Their son, Jamie, played young Anakin Skywalker in the first Star Wars. The Phantom Menace. The, technically the first in the Star Wars world, mm-hmm. right? Episode one. Um, and that gives you, if you've seen that and have not seen this movie, you've got a good idea of how strong his career was. He had a, a semi-recurring role on ER and was in the movie Apollo 11. And that's kind of it. And uh, he doesn't have the largest role in this, but I feel like he's worth mentioning. We've got two more actually that are worth mentioning. Robert Conrad plays the officer and he is a little older actor known a lot for his uh he did some some westerns back in the day i'm not a wild wild west i'm not a big western fan but he had a a pretty legit western career so the wild wild west was a science fiction western oh i haven't seen it oh one of my favorite 60s television shows it is awesome really did he didn't you say you've also never seen the movie Yes, I I have not seen the movie, and I'm not going to see the movie, because why ruin a good thing? (laughs) Yeah, this has come up before, because y'all said it's terrible, and I'm like, I will never watch it, because I loved the Wild Wild West. Then we have Jim Belushi, who plays Mall Santa, who is corrupt, who has done another movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger called Red Heat. He was in Little Shop of Horrors. He was on Saturday Night Live. Kind of got that gig through his brother. There were some moments where he was Santa that, like, he looks just like his brother. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I don't remember seeing that in any of his other stuff quite like I did here, where I'm like, man, (laughs) that is his brother. It was. He was. He was in uh, Scooby-Doo Christmas. He was also in a a short film called Once Upon a Christmas. He was the voice in Underdog. He was in Snow Buddies. Would we? More recently, more recent shows. But I loved his TV show, According to Jim. Loved it. Such a good show. Oh, my gosh. It was. The whole thing. The entire series. And he was just, he did that, that 
typical sitcom, 2000s sitcom, bumbling, overweight dad so well. And that show helped really kickstart Kimberly William Paisley's career. And we see her in a lot of Christmas movies. Uh, We've covered her in a Christmas movie. We have. She's done. She's done more. She's done more. So I think we'll see her next year. I love her. I do too. All right, guys. So what did you think of this movie? Well, should we start with our histories first? If you have one. (laughs) I had seen this and been completely ambivalent about it until I sat down to actually watch it. How about you, Anthony? I saw this movie in theaters back when it first came out in 96. So I was like, five. So you were close to the target age range. I'm assuming. I was was five. I was six. 89. Yeah. Even better. Um, (laughs) and I, I remember as a kid being very enamored by the slapsticky stuff. And that was the audience, right? We're, we're not the audience for this. Right. But I had more fun watching this than I did a lot of movies on our list, even though don't take that to mean this is a, I think this is a good movie. I think anyone being objective is bad. It's a bad movie. And it's not like I have, I, while I saw as a kid, like I have no feelings of nostalgia going into this. Cause it's not one I watch every year. Right. But I will say it is one when I catch on TV, I don't really turn it off. I use, I keep it on as background noise. Interesting. Yeah. I have you, zero Julia? history with this. I, so I'm, pretty sure i've seen the same three parts of this movie but never the thing in its entirety so like where he's actually what's his name turbo man turbo man when he's turbo man in the parade i remember seeing that i remember seeing the playground in the mall portion with the bouncy ball and then i remember seeing like the first smackdown in the store and but I didn't ever watch the whole thing until today. We watched it as an entire family. Even Jude, the two-year-old, was sitting on Marty's lap watching it. And he wasn't laughing, but he was engaged. And my 12-year-old son really liked it. My seven-year-old said it's his new favorite movie, which it's kind of a low bar, honestly, for him. <laughs> but um, yeah, I probably won't watch it again. <laughs> but... But I have, I have interesting um, questions for us to talk about later on. When is it hilarious when people get hurt and when is it not coming off a week of, uh, you know, coming off last week's, you know, MAME fest? With <laughs> um, maybe, maybe when it's a young kid doing the hurting, it's hilarious. I think that has something to do with it. When it's intentionally inflicted by a young sociopath? On yes. bad people. <laughs> Bad-ish. They were robbing a store, uh, the most beautiful toy store ever. But Merv, Merv just seems kind of like he got caught up with Harry and it's not really his fault, you know? Yeah, he's, <laughs> like the, he's totally taken for a ride. Yeah, he's, and he's not, he's not very bright at all. <laughs> I do like this, you know, I don't know. Well, that's something he has in common with a lot of characters in this film, including, I'm just going to say it right now, Rita Wilson, okay? Because how many people in, where was this movie? Minnesota, Michigan? It was Minnesota, not Michigan. Right. So how many people in Minnesota are Arnold Schwarzenegger's height, muscular build, and have his accent (laughs) that A, it just so happens to get fit in that Turbo Man costume accidentally, 
who I would love to see the guy they cast to play him. But B, he's standing right there at the end next to her, standing right there talking in his voice. And she is so surprised when he takes off the mask. Like, oh, my God, I can't believe it's you. Like, really, lady? The kid I can buy. He's a not the brightest kid in the shed. <laughs> but, <laughs> but come on, Rita, I expect better of you. Uh, well, I don't. I feel like as far as her acting goes, she phoned it in, guys. She definitely oh, she phoned, phoned it in. in. This was phoned it in. She's like, okay, I, I'm sure there had to be some part of her thinking. These people paid me money, but at some point they're going to say this should not be a movie. <laughs> I've also come to the conclusion after watching this movie that cops in Christmas movies are the dumbest people ever. Every movie we've covered that had a cop in it, they're idiots. That's a Christmas movie stereotype. We need to start a list. Of bad, of of inept cops? Stereotypes. Yeah. Yeah. That's a definite trope that seems to be recurring for some reason. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm not really sure I understand why. So from the get-go, this movie bothers me. (laughs) <laughs> it's completely unbelievable that she would trust him to get the gift because as a kid i remember every christmas there was one thing i really wanted you know <laughs> one thing that was like oh this is what i this is the one gift i'm, I'm asking for and i would ask santa for it write a letter whatever um mm-hmm. tell my you know bug my family leave subtle hints like ripping out that page out of the the toys R us catalog and just leaving it lying around the house Yep, <laughs> and that's Turbo Man. And I mean, we see the level of all of the the subtle hints and reminders that should have been there for Dad along the way, like Turbo Man pajamas, Turbo Man cereal, Turbo Man TV show. I felt it would have made more sense so, if his room was painted with Turbo Man instead of Captain America. But his room was sweet. I would have loved that room as a kid. It was. It was. And it yeah, was I mean, loves Stanley died, so I was glad we saw that in this movie. May he rest in peace. It's a nice yeah. little reminder of him. Yeah, I felt um, like it made more sense to be Turbo Man on that wall. Speaking of Stanley, if anyone visits our subreddit, um, there was an awesome thread in our subreddit where people were posting their favorite Christmas splash pages from comic books um, in honor of Stanley. And you guys should check it out because there's some pretty good ones there. <laughs> I missed that altogether. I haven't been able to play on Reddit as much this week. So I'm kind of glad now that I sit and think about it, and I am most definitely reading too much into this movie because I don't think it was smart enough to hit the levels that I'm trying to fabricate. I like that his room was not just Turbo Man. It's this whole superhero theme, and he clearly idolizes superheroes in general. And I'm pretty sure... They're trying to tie it back to at the end, his dad is the superhero and mm-hmm. and all of that, which is supposed to give me the nice warm feels. Um, it does a little, you know, I'm a sucker for a dad and son story, but when you start so far in the hole, it's hard to dig your way out of it. You this know? was like the poor man's version of Scott Calvin and his son, the overworked yes. dad. Whereas, absolutely, and they just did not do it nearly as well. You believed Scott Calvin's transformation by the end into the loving oh, yeah. dad, whereas this one, I didn't buy it. I mean, like you said, it it touched me. It did. It gave me a little good. It gave me some feels at the end. I'm not gonna say I was totally emotionless at the end, but. Mm-hmm. 
don't know. It seemed contrived how they got there. And I didn't actually see an arc of change in him at all. The, the still, the entire story is on the, the premise that he lied to his wife and didn't want to be known for forgetting his son's Christmas present. Like that's, that's not, that's not a feel good for me. Yeah. And instead of his path of change being changing and making it to his kids events and being more invested in his life, it's getting a toy and coming through for Christmas. Well, I would argue that the kid had more change than the father. (laughs) Yeah. Which, which it should have been the father. I mean, it would, both of them should have changed in the end, but the kids change felt more real to me than what Arnold Schwarzenegger went through. Yep. Um, did you know they created a Turbo Man toy to go in with this movie? And that thing is worth tons of money now if you have it in really? its packaging. Oh, yeah. Really? They didn't um, make very many, I'm assuming? They did not. I, oh, wow. I think they, I read they wanted to kind of spin it, spin it off into its own, like, you know, franchise if this movie did well, but it did not. <laughs> um, Shockingly enough, with a gigantic pink dog that wears high cut thongs. Booster? Oh so, so we had a pit bull growing up named Booster, not, not related to this movie, but. I, I I felt so bad when like just when the kids at the end we hate you Booster they're kicking him I'm like no I love you Booster did you see who Booster was it was, it was the guy Booger to the nerds right yeah it was Booger Booger was Booster gosh so vulgar too yeah he, I didn't realize how he much rolls he out like four like, different uh, bad words right there. He sounds a lot like what's that guy's name? Godfrey. Was, yes. Yeah, he sounds like Iago. This movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought I told the kids I'm like that's Iago from Aladdin because I was kind of far away and I'm blind. And then Marty's like, no, that's Booger, and I'm like, oh, okay, all right. <laughs> that's indicative of our personalities. <laughs> he referenced Revenge of the Nerves, nerds, and I referenced Aladdin. <laughs> <laughs> So, Julia, you said a, f- a few minutes back that uh, you don't think this movie was as smart as you would have liked it to be. What did you What did you say? Yeah, I just, I'm sure that just talking about the illusion, reading deeper into the, the superhero, you know, desires for this kid to have a superhero in his life and, and it ends up being his dad. So the original version of the script apparently was a lot darker and a lot more um, it was supposed to be much more of a social commentary on, uh, you know, how greedy people get around Christmas and materialism and everything like that. But uh, mm-hmm. then the studio wanted to turn it into a family film and dumbed it down and everything like that. Dumbed it down. That's well, right. like that. Uh, I just don't find the idea like the uh, the opening scene when he and when he meets Marion, not the opening scene, but the first scene where he meets Marion and people bum rush the guy unlocking the door at the store. Right. Yeah. On, um, that's yeah. just one of the. That's that's why I don't do Black Friday. <laughs> I w- I will say as somebody who does do Black Friday, I've seen that. It happens. I know it does. It's it's a horrible comment on on humanity. Also, isn't the guy's name Myron? Whatever. Ha <laughs> 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 uh-huh, Look at Anthony. He cares enough to know the characters' names. <laughs> no, I literally just Googled it because I was like, I don't remember Marion being said. Marion, Marion, whatever. 
<laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't like greedy adults at Christmas time. Um, mm-hmm. I, I realize that's that's a thing, you know. And and yeah, this this happens. But I got zero feels from this movie. Zero Christmas feels, really, like at all. Not good ones. Um, and I feel like it was that that set a terrible tone at the beginning, which I get was the idea, but I couldn't recover from it. I also didn't feel like there was a. Like you were saying, there was supposed to be a commentary here, Anthony. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel that was a commentary. I didn't feel like there was there was this was filmed with like that 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 rush scene was filmed with no judgment, um, and that bothers me too. No, no, I completely agree, and I feel like all the commentary got lost when they dumbed down this script to try to to try to make a family comedy. Um, because I mean, the idea obviously came from Chris Columbus has said the cabbage patch kids craze and the tickle me Elmo craze. And that was the inspiration for the turbo man stuff. So speaking of cabbage patch, I'm so glad you mentioned that the characters in the parade were like, awesome. (laughs) Sorry, but it really spoke to my age. The gigantic cabbage patches walking around were hilarious. I, I was prime age for the cabbage patch craze i had i still have mine that i adopted and uh, gumby was there and the sesame street gang was there and the rock madeline Madeline, uh that was eloise not madeline that was madeline (laughs) yep that was madeline um cat in the hat cat in the hat was there so that i loved that part that was probably the one christmasy part but even then it wasn't like super christmasy It's just 90s. So my stuff. favorite part of that parade, the favorite, my favorite characters are the ones <laughs> where the where the gift box and the Christmas baubles purely for the tiny bit of physical comedy where Sinbad is running by, pushes the box out of the way. It's like, get out of here, box. And he falls over and the Christmas baubles, no face or anything, just stop and look down at him. And I just found that really funny. <laughs> just, that Im- <laughs> just that image. <laughs> Oh, yeah. There were a few bits of physical humor that made me laugh. <laughs> Can't remember them now, but there were there. While we're on that topic of that parade, though, that fight between Sinbad and Arnold Schwarzenegger, his hand literally flew off of him at one point. And I was like, okay, it's a fake hand. But no, he flexes it when it comes back, like it's actually his actual fingers. And I'm like, what is going on here? <laughs> I, <laughs> and then I the just, terrible scene. What the actual crap? <laughs> when he's flying around the city with that jetpack. I was so dumb. <laughs> so dumb. And and Rita Wilson speaking of phoning it in. If that was my son flying in the air on in the arms of a jetpacked superhero character, it wouldn't be. Oh. When he lands, it wouldn't be a chest pat. I'd be in full out convulsions at that point. So that was definitely not. And the way she's just like, thank you, Turbo Man. Right? Oh, my God. appreciate that. Well, even the way the cop was like, thank you, Turbo Man. We could use a guy like you on the force. It reminded me of the 60s Batman show. There was an episode... I don't. I forget. Batman, and Robin were incapacitated. And Commissioner Gordon was like, "Oh, what are we supposed to do now?" And the other cop was like, "I think it's time we actually have to do detective work for once, sir." <laughs> and it just reminded me this cop was useless. 
I mean, <laughs> the bomb part did make me laugh, though. I'm not going to lie. When oh. it actually did explode and Sinbad's line, that's one of my favorite quotes probably in the movie afterwards. And we'll get to that quotes, but not, not enough funny moments, but a few, a few. Um, there's what else do I want to say? Oh, so can we talk about um, what's Hartman's character's name again? Ted. 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 What a skis. Oh. Like that whole she's in the shower. Do, do you want me to go check on her? Oh, oh I would be remiss if Tim Bab Tim Tim Bab wanted us to mention something during this episode. Um <laughs> And I bring it up now because it happens during a scene with uh, Ted. When our Schwarzenegger's on the phone and he's like, put that cookie down or whatever he says. There is Tim Bab linked on our Instagram page uh, a YouTube remix of put that cookie down. And it's set to music and just remixed. And it's so stupid. But it made me laugh so hard because of its randomness. So he wanted us to mention that on the show. So sounds like good intro music. <laughs> that does. Um, so Phil Hartman's voice in this movie reminded me of plastic Santa doll Tim Allen in in Santa <laughs> the way that it and his face even looks so plastic because he's supposed to be fake, right? I mean that's right. the whole idea, and he he really does project that very well. Um, all I could think of was Tim Allen's Santa Claus plastic Santa. There were multiple references to the Santa Claus in this movie. Um, the reindeer, the inept, or not inept, but the overworked father who needs to get his priorities straight. Um, there were others that I can't think of. I feel like it borrowed. It wasn't original enough to where it could carry itself on its own. It had to borrow from other things. And do it a lot worse than other things. And that's what's yeah. a shame here. Very poorly. Um, I feel dumber after having watched this movie. <laughs> so what did, your, what did uh, Marty and your daughter think of it then? Since your two sons liked it. Um, Hannah was over it. Like by the, she's the one that when she's watching a movie, if something is even a tiny bit implausible, she calls it on its crap. She's real dry, which I really love. And so she'll make offhanded comments. Yeah. Oh yeah. She'll make offhanded comments like that's realistic. Oh, (laughs) I believe that actually happened. Marty was just like, yeah, I think I remember why I turn the channel every time this comes on. <laughs> He's like, it's just not very smart. <laughs> I, I can't speak for you guys because I don't, but if I had a kid and I saw this giant eight foot man crawling through the playpen <laughs> chasing after a little child, I'd be a little I'd be yelling that. pervert too. <laughs> uh, yeah. Is, would you just be standing around hitting him with a purse instead of getting a mall security or something? <laughs> Well, I carry uh, I carry a stun gun, so that would have ended real fast. <laughs> <laughs> that playset, though, in the middle of that mall was pretty awesome. Not gonna lie, that, that was the Mall of America. I was a kid. Is it Mall of America? Mm-hmm. It's mall of America in 
Minnesota. Minnesota? Yep. yep. Oh, I thought it was in Michigan. Yeah, they shot it at the Mall of America. Interesting. I wondered. <laughs> I did like when he's on the when he's on the floor getting trampled, just shouting, he has two balls. <laughs> he looks like his eyes are popping out of his head. He has two balls. <laughs> There's your sound bite. <laughs> <laughs> it's a tumor. It's not a tumor. <laughs> my, that's my favorite Arnold Schwarzenegger line of all time. It's not a tumor. I think that's why I like that movie so much. It's just that line. <laughs> really? Well, that and the little boy explaining anatomy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and they're rolling him away after he gets shot at the end, and they're like, "Are you all right, Mr. Kimball? Mr. Kimball, are you all right?" Poor kids. I love that movie. Such a good movie. So the other part of this movie that did legit make me laugh was when he's jogging down the street, just repeating the names of the reindeer over and over. (laughs) That made me laugh. It was a stupidly easy radio question, too. Yeah. Radio contest question. Oliver... Did y'all ever call into radio stations when you were kids and try and either win something or request a song? I won, oh, yeah. I won uh, tickets to take my mom to see Tim McGraw. Oh, my gosh. You actually won something? I did win. <gasps> I never and won then, anything, but, man, I tried to call. And then in college, <laughs> I shouldn't tell the story. Yeah, you should. Um, the band Get Up Kids were coming to town and they were opening for Green Day and I had none of the monies and so I called my local radio station and it had been snowing outside and we just kept going back and forth getting more ridiculous on what I would have to do to get the tickets so finally was all of this on air? yeah where, okay. well most of it was where it ended was I had to stand outside of Remington Tower, which is that building that's half destroyed. Corn on the cob? No, the one on uh, oh, I-44. Oh, right by my work. Right by yeah. my work. Yeah, right there. I had to stand on the side of the road there. It was like in the single digits. I had to stand there in my underwear <laughs> with a sign that says, I'm the Reverend Jesse Jackson's illegitimate love child. <gasps> oh, my God. With with peanut butter in my hair and then let some strange girl eat peanut butter out of my hair so she could get her tickets. <laughs> the things we do for free stuff. Oh my gosh. Yeah. What radio station was that? 104.5, The Edge. Oh my gosh. Who else would Who else would do that? Yeah, that's, I was trying to figure out who would have done it. <laughs> that makes sense. Well... So I got to see weird and interesting. I, I got to see the Get Up Kids play Brady Theater. That's awesome. Yep. Well done. Was it worth it? Of course. <laughs> Good answer. I have no shame, so of course it is. <laughs> what else is there to say about this movie? Any favorite can we, quotes? Can we talk? Can we talk about the underground Santa warehouse for a second? <laughs> The, those eyebrows he had, I don't know what was going on with that. 
the Santa eyebrows Jim Belushi had, mm-hmm. but that was <laughs> they were pretty in, intense. Um, I like the contradiction between these guys who are just really skeevy, dirty guys trying to rip people off, and yet how seriously they take <laughs> the Santa gig that even in the privacy of their underground lair, they're all still dressed as Santa, their henchmen <laughs> are dressed as elves, they have Mrs. Claus counting the money. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that was so funny to me. <laughs> I do love it when, when Arnold Schwarzenegger buys the doll and like, don't open it, don't open it, and he presses it and it plays Spanish, and then he opens the box and the parts start falling out and I'm just thinking here you know just me being the naive person that I am I look at the size of Arnold Schwarzenegger I don't really care how many people I have with me I'm probably not going to front the guy right I'm not going to I'm not going to I'm not going to going to try to fight with him I may have all these people but one hit is really going to hurt <laughs> <laughs> and that applies to the whole movie. The fact that Sinbad, exactly. and I know he's a big guy, but the fact that Sinbad no. he can take Arnold Schwarzenegger on mano a mano, come on. That was one of the less believable things because I, and I also don't think after he you know tackled him and bum rushed him in the uh, in the store and knocked him down, um, and his response is to grab some remote control for a car because every time I go to the toy store I just see all these kids with remote control cars out of the box just running around oh uh, yeah it's a thing you know him taking it and and automatically I've driven those RC cars back in the 90s they don't direct that well I don't know how he would have tripped Sinbad that was pretty unbelievable and obnoxious but I mm-hmm. don't think that would have been his entire response if he'd been I don't know it just it didn't it's they unbelievable see- they seem to want to go back and forth between whether he was a big, scary, intimidating guy and not, because the only people, but the only people he seemed to want to intimidate in this movie were the innocent store guys and the radio guy and like, right? Like he picked up those two guys, but he was because they were laughing at him. But he's perfectly okay with Sinbad trying to push him down and take the toy. Yeah, it was didn't make sense. Mm-mm. No. So when he, when he's has that little mini hallucination and that kid's whatever that is it a whiskey bottle or something like that whatever it is um, when that happened Ethan's like they put water in that for him right <laughs> when they filmed it and I'm like yeah I'm pretty sure it was water for everyone I'm like what a weird thing to ask when no they no they water. they had to get the kid drunk. Ethan, here, <laughs> you try it. <laughs> That's why Hollywood is bad. Yes. <laughs> Anybody have favorite quotes? I have some. I have some, or at least one. So just after the radio station part, Sinbad has this gag that lasts for 10 minutes about he's a postal worker and he has all of these packages. And so he just grabs a random package and says it's a bomb. And it's supposed to be very funny because postal workers are crazy and people like to send bombs through the mail. So he does it once and then he does it again with all these cops and he leaves this package with them and it's the way that they make their escape. Turns out the package is a real bomb. (laughs) And they hear the explosion. Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sinbad's character hears the explosion. And Sinbad's running down a hallway. And he's like, man, that really was a bomb? This is a sick world we live in. Sick people. (laughs) That was funny. 
Yeah, I like that. Um, but again, that incompetent cop who, like, can you imagine a cop nowadays, a bomb threat? He just goes over, guys, this isn't a bomb. And well, yeah, and he's like, I was on the bomb squad for, what, 10 years or something like that. Yeah. Obviously, you didn't do a great job at it. <laughs> also, I'm sorry, but that cop would have arrested Arnold Schwarzenegger in the end still, even if Arnold Schwarzenegger did uh, get Sinbad. There would have at least been some questions to ask, right? <laughs> at least. I did like when Myron, you know, he, he ends up touting his college education. They sit there and use subliminal messages to suck your children's minds out. I know what I'm talking about because I went to junior college first semester and I studied psychology. So I'm right in there. I know what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> so I like when the policemen raid the Santa warehouse and when they barge in... That elf is like, it's the Grinch, scatter! (laughs) (laughs) We all laughed a bit, even though it was tacky when Howard's on the phone and he's talking to his son and he's like, Jamie, let me talk to your mother. Jamie goes, you can't. And Howard goes, why? Jamie says, she's next door petting Ted. (laughs) Ted, of course, is the name of the reindeer, coincidentally also the name of the creepy neighbor. (laughs) He's like, she's a what? (laughs) Tom, how did you feel about the portrayal of reindeer since they're your favorite animal? Um, I really, I didn't like the reindeer snapping at Howard at all. He was, that aggression bothered me. It kills him the Christmas wonder. How did you feel about the, him getting the reindeer drunk? Uh, I wasn't a big fan of that, nor was I a big fan of uh, him talking about just randomly releasing the reindeer loose. Mm-hmm. You remember when he's like, uh, yeah, I know some, uh, I saw a family of deer. I'll let him go. The rules of nature, they'll, they'll, whatever. I don't know. <laughs> it was just so dumb. Can we talk about how dumb Turbo Man was? Like when that kid is on the phone talking to his dad and he says, it's like Turbo Man says, always keep your promises if you want to keep your friends. I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Made me roll my eyes. I would not have gone for a show like that as a kid. But you did go for this show as a kid. I did. And I'm I'm gonna stick by what I said at the beginning of this episode. I'd still watch this before a lot of movies on that list, man. That we've done. I don't think I would. Yeah, I wouldn't. I think maybe Sands ones with Jonathan Taylor Thomas and Kirk Cameron, that would be worse to watch than this. I See, I had fun watching it with Sarah because you just made fun of with fun of it the whole time. And I feel it's one, if you're watching it in the right mood with the right person, you could enjoy it. Just mocking it. Um, I did like that the password to get into the Santa's warehouse was Jingle Bells, Batman Smell. <laughs> just the most immature thing for these uh, middle-aged Santas. It was so obnoxious. <laughs> <laughs> And when Howard is just, like, insulting them and calling them con men, (laughs) Jim Belushi's like, hey, at the North Pole, those are fighting words, partner. (laughs) That sounded very Jim. Did it? (laughs) Yeah, it really did. I got the Jim Belushi feels with that. See, first Ross last night, and now Jim. Right? You're killing it. I'm out. I'm Me out. too. Does this movie pass the Linus test? Nope. I'm going to say yes. I think the kid passes yeah. it. He comes around to... Does a kid really... I mean, it... 
No, the, the, the kid's not passing the line of test. It's the first time his dad showed initiative and interest in the kid's life. No, when he gives Myron the, when he the gets doll a, for his no, own Yeah, yep. I don't know. I still don't know. Which you could argue it's a little bit self-serving because then immediately he turns around and says, why do I need a doll? I've got the real one at home. Yeah. But I, I feel like that's the Linus moment if there is one. I'll be honest. I wasn't really paying attention at that point. Yeah. It had lost my interest completely. But yeah, the dad doesn't because he gets glorified and his son loves him because he's acted like a superhero and his son forever thinks that he's a superhero now, which is perpetuating a lie. And that makes everything better. <laughs> I don't think he has a lot. <laughs> I like your take, Julia. That's, that's my problem. And all of a sudden Rita Wilson's like, my husband is hot. Never mind the fact he's provided for my family for the last X amount of years and loves us and works very hard. Now his pecs are visible. Time in love again. Which she wouldn't see that regularly or what? Well, right. Like what? Uh, I was really disappointed, Rita Wilson. I really was. I judged her a little. I feel kind of bad. I wouldn't. This was horrible. <laughs> she still probably made more in this for this movie than... Most of, us will make it, most of us will make in a decade. <laughs> Let's rank this sucker. 0. 0.25. Oh, you really didn't like it. Nope. I'm going with a three. I'm going with a 5.75. All right. I see. I get it. Weird. That gives us right at a solid three. That gives us a solid three, which puts it in between the Nine Lives of Christmas and the star. At number oh, no, this does not deserve to be lower than the star. And we made some mistakes, guys. Not at all. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, our poor list. Some, I just I really missed it on some of them. <laughs> I think it's funny that the, it's a it's a race to the bottom. We don't know what we're it's coming down the pike. Like the higher up we get on our list, the happier we are with it. But the lower, <laughs> which is when you think, ah, who cares? They're all low. Like that's when we start. Like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, terrible movie. We did get a lot of feedback on this movie, though. Did we? I haven't seen any of it. What kind of good stuff did we hear? Most of, well, Disco 54 caught it for the first time two years ago. Mm-hmm. He made a point to sit down and watch it, and he said he shouldn't have. Yeah, so, he was not a fan. Like it. Whereas everyone else on Reddit said they know it's bad, but they still enjoy watching it. That's how I thought I remembered it. I thought I remembered it as being like a terribly awesome movie, but then I watched it, and it was just <laughs> terrible. Well, see, that's I fall in with those guys. I fall in with those guys. I know it's bad, but I enjoyed watching it still. Well, so we mentioned social media. Um, For those listeners joining us for the first time, maybe you're picking us up uh, through the Christmas Podcast Network, the collection of super awesome podcasts we have going on right now, just launched. 
however you found us, you are going to find the more you listen and we hope you come back that we really, really, really love engaging with our super amazing listeners. And the best way we can do that um, that's two-sided is through social media. So on Instagram, we post lots of fun pictures. You can find us at Tis the Podcast. At, on Twitter, you can find us at Tis the Pod. I know Anthony and Tom are quite active there. Our most active location is either Facebook, which you can find us Tis the Podcast, or on our subreddit, r slash Tis the Podcast. Um, we have lots of questions we like to post. We love interaction from y'all. We actually do like to converse. Um, so if it's your first time, come and visit us there too and get to know us. We'd love to get to know you. And we get some of our best ideas from our listeners. So we would love your input. Speaking of questions, Tom, didn't you have a question for us this week? Yes, we did have a question, and that was, what do you miss most about Christmas as a child? And it can't be a person. For me, it's that general feeling and excitement. Everything on Christmas was perfect. We had a, um, my room was in a ha- down a hallway, and had like a wood slat door at the end. Um, and the rule was I was not allowed to wake people up because I got up way too early, but I would go and without opening that door, I could push the slat and I could peek through and I could get an idea of what was under there. And we didn't, Santa did not wrap my presents. So I usually had an idea of at least the general shape of what I was going to get. And I was also known at times because my sister would come over to our, uh, my grandparents where I lived and I was known uh, on occasion to wake her up because she slept in late and there was no rule about her waking everybody up. Just you. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to go with the general, ex- I'm going to go, I remember, I miss Christmas Eve as a kid. I still get excited Christmas Eve for the next day and the family celebrations every day. But Christmas Eve, when you're a kid going to bed, waiting for Santa to come, you're so excited. It takes forever to fall asleep. Then you wake up in the middle of the night to whatever because of your excitement or use the bathroom or whatever, and you're like, oh, my God, I wonder if he came already. And we, our hallway was open at the end for the living room. We didn't have a door to peek through. So, like, from the bathroom door, you could kind of see into the living room, but Santa wrapped our gifts. But I also remember 5 a.m., that's when we used to get up to open gifts. That's when me and my sister... Well, my sister would either come wake me up or vice versa. Then we'd go wake my parents. And that was acceptable? They would allow that? I can't. They, I know you've said before, but I didn't remember. They, they did. Now it, they did. And uh, I don't. There will be no rule on time in my house. When Ellie is up and ready, we are up and ready. Darn it. <laughs> I I still wake Sarah up every Christmas because she's such a she sleeps late. So I wake her up early. I'm like Sarah, wake up. So the other thing I miss about childhood Christmases were so my family, whoever hosted Christmas, generally had the youngest kids. Um, Okay. So they didn't have to leave the house. They could occupy themselves with the gifts and everything from Santa. So that was generally the rule. Whoever had the youngest kids would host Christmas. Okay. And uh, now the youngest kids in our family are like 17, 18. So like while their parents still host it, just so my cousins still host it and it's technically my second cousins or whatever that is, um, are the youngest. Like I miss having like young kids in the family where like Santa came and there's just tons of gifts under the tree. Um, mm-hmm. My 
I mentioned off camera a few weeks ago, one of my cousins just had a baby, so I'm sure they'll get Christmas in a few years, and I'm very much looking forward to that. So, oh, yeah. mm, see that I want Christmas at my house. Fortunately, my family's in Houston, so when we have Christmas with my family, we're down there and don't have any say. But when we're here, Christine's folks always come over. Yeah, I've loved the Christmas at our house lately. We'll we'll schedule Christmas celebrations either later on day or like the weekend before or something like that, just because schedules and distances demands it. And I'm not going to lie, being in my own house for Christmas. For the better part of the day, and Eve included, is like the best. Like the best. I love it. So the one thing I miss the most from childhood as Christmas is stockings. That was my favorite part of Christmas morning was the stockings because I love little stuff. And I would stretch that out. I wouldn't dump out. My brother was a dumper. I would reach in and grab and look, you know, and I'd look and I'd be like, oh my gosh, it's so amazing. And I'd set it down and then I'd reach my hand back in. And it was always the worst when you got to the last thing and you feel like halfway greedy looking for more that's in there, but you just want to be thorough. And I, I really miss that. I get a huge kick out of my kids opening their stockings, but Santa doesn't bring stockings for Marty and I here. So Aww, I know. Sad. I really Santa, miss that. Santa brings us stockings. You should, you should start. You should talk to Santa and start a tradition, Julia. I really should start a tradition it's, and talk because stockings are still exciting and fun. Uh, yeah. Uh, are you? Are your kids dumpers or, or reachers, Julia? They're dumpers. All uh, of them? No. Okay. I've got I've got one dumper and two reachers. Now that I think about it, I've never thought about it before. How bizarre is that? I have one which, dumper. Which one's the dumper? Seven year old, because mm. he's impatient. Like, yeah. And then the other two are reachers. God, the reaching, just that individual pulling each thing out is so satisfying. I know it is, yeah. It's, are you a reacher too? Oh, I'm a total reacher uh, because it just feels like you're unwrapping each. It's, it's that same gratification yeah. unwrapping, right? So like, oh, yeah, absolutely. All these prizes, presents in a small bat. Oh, it's so much fun. Yeah. What about you, Anthony? Are you a dumper or a reacher? Reacher. Oh, are you really? All three I know of it sounds like now. terrible almost. It does. It does. <laughs> Dumper. And, yeah, I don't know, but. <laughs> well, why is that such a shock? You thought I'm too impatient for that? Yeah, a little bit. You're a big kid, dude. <laughs> I think that I imagine you not being impatient a... in a bad way. I, I think like imagine... the, I can picture the excitement overtaking you and you being like, Rah, I can't help it. It's just a <laughs> Oh, and then like you would sit there and just be like, it's just Christmas so morning. <laughs> Christmas mornings when I go to my parents' house, and my parents still get me and my sister and Sarah like a lot of gifts. Like Sarah and Annalisa, I am all my gifts are open by the time they're on like gift number two. Like I'm just like. So while I reach with the stockings, I'm just so fast opening the gifts. I'm like, oh, cool, awesome! I wanted this. Next one. Oh yeah, man, that's Sammy's right. last. I'll spread it out. We and then like one. adults, have- you open one and then you watch your kids open, you know. Mm-hmm. And then you open one and yeah. We had the rule in my family that you passed out all the gifts and then took turns opening presents. Yeah. And then as my sister and I were growing up and my nephew, you know, he would get multiple presents per turn. Mm-hmm. But we still we still do the alternating gifts. Well, well, in my defense, like it depends where the gifts – so – Santa leaves them all scattershot under the tree and it's kind of you have to hunt for them. 
So yeah. I'm just a better hunter for my than gifts labeled Anthony. I see. Than they are. Or yeah. O C D at our house. I've never thought about that, but he always puts them in the spots that he knows the kids like to sit. Oh, that's nice of him. Yeah, he's orderly like that. We're trying to be orderly under our tree this year so that it all fits and um, everything goes a little smoother. Yeah. I have a feeling having an almost three-year-old is going to be utter mayhem. Yeah, I'm interested with a two-year-old what that's going to be like compared to last year. Yeah. Because he's in the grabby. Like, he didn't do much grabbing last year. We got our Christmas stuff up this past weekend, guys. Get excited. I'll post the picture. Um, And he went to every glitter ball on one of my trees and just touched it and then looked at his hand. I was like, yes. And then he would go and he would touch the next glitter ball and then he would look at his hand. (laughs) He's going to poop an ornament, I'm pretty sure. If it's glittery, you can put it on a tree. It's fine. I will do it. I'll make sure to put his name on it and date it. (laughs) Like all good mothers. (laughs) Ellie has broken broke two ornaments today. Oh, oh no. We have way too much excitement, guys. She is way too excited. <laughs> oh, that's so magical, though. It is. She loves it. <laughs> so and thank she, you for the question. Every day. Oh, I was going to say, every day she says, we do Christmas today? Today we do Christmas? <laughs> and for her, that means so far decorating. And then she was telling us the other, yesterday, she was telling me, I go see Santa. Okay, Ellie. I sit in Santa's lap. Awesome. I don't know where you've learned this because we haven't talked about the lap thing yet, but cool. Yeah. Um, he tell me I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> She's already and got I'm a like, big And I'm like, mm, I don't think so, Ellie. <laughs> <laughs> nope, Daddy, Daddy's having a talk with Santa first. <laughs> Thank you for the question, Disco54. Yeah, it was a good one, dude. Thank you. Uh, We ordered Tis the Podcast cards that will be going out that are coming to me this weekend. So Patreon subscribers can get those. You get access to cool content like the soon-to-be-released Friends Thanksgiving episode that is going to be extra long and hitting your feed. (laughs) I didn't say it. I Julia's shaking her head, and I didn't say it. I quit. I'm done. <laughs> well, it's just the way you paused. Extra long and hitting your... And it was a long pause. I was like... <laughs> it's good, guys. <laughs> oh, man. And if you want to help support the podcast but don't want to give us money, you can do so for free by leaving us reviews on iTunes or Facebook or wherever you download our podcast. We've gotten like five or six reviews in the past week. So thank you guys for that. That's awesome. And they were all good. And they were all great. So shout out to Mad Hatter, 522, Art the Bookworm, Implore, Mark Lack, Zoe GK, etc. If I missed any of you. If you haven't left us a review yet, if you do so by the weekend following Thanksgiving, you will be automatically entered into a contest to win a piece of Christmas in New York. I'm going to the Radio City Christmas Spectacular, and I'm going to be picking up a gift, which we will randomly be giving away to anyone who's left us a review. So please leave us a review, preferably on iTunes, but we'll take it anywhere, because... 
Every review helps other listeners find us and helps us to spread the Christmas cheer 365 days per year. All right. Do your homework. Next week, 1994's Miracle on 34th Street, followed by all the Frosties. No, the first two Frosties. First two Frosties. All of them, right? No, there were ones with John Goodman doing the voice in the 90s and 2000s, which are... (laughs) We have three Frosties. Frosty the Snowman, Frosty Returns, and Frosty's Winter Wonderland. I think we should take out Frosty Returns. That's a John Goodman one. It's already on the it's already on the list, dude. What am I supposed to do? We're gonna delete her. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so this this is still in negotiation. Watch Frosty. We'll have more info for you next week. <laughs> <laughs> oh man I do want to ask Disco54 something you commented on Reddit on our Home Alone episode that the first law of Tista podcast the longer an episode is the more we like the film and the more the episode descends into chaos which we all agree, we all agree with I would love to hear the rest of the laws of Tista podcast so put together a list for us uh, I think that's pretty funny <laughs> Oh, that's going to be good. So Disco 54 knows before he listens where we stand on a movie based on the length, huh? Yep. Which he's 100% correct, too. Good job. Yep. As Julia mentioned earlier, we are members of the Christmas Podcast Network, a collaborative collection of independent Christmas podcasts. Podcasts just like this one. Hi, I'm Mark. And I'm Jess. And we're we're Hallmark Hallmark and and Jess. Jess. I feel like we're in a car dealership commercial. (laughs) We swear we won't talk like this during the podcast. There's two things we love most in this world. Hallmark movies and Lacey Chabert. And we're breaking down all of your favorite Hallmark movies like... A Very Merry Mix-Up. Rocky Mountain Christmas. And the All of My Heart series. Tommy, please be my husband. So tune in every Wednesday. Today! Guys, we are only 864 days until Christmas. That is... 36 days. Which is only five weeks. Guys, can time start slowing down now, please? Yeah, I'm going to need that. Dude, it just keeps getting faster and faster. I don't know what to do. I'll tell you what I'm not going to do. I'm not going to watch this crappy movie again. (laughs) (laughs) That's a waste of of one one and a half of those 864 hours. So do your homework, guys, and watch Miracle on 34th Street. (laughs) Bye, guys. I'm excited. Have a happy Thanksgiving, and if you do Black Friday, have a happy Black Friday. Oh, yeah. Bye, guys. Okay, can I tell you what was so bizarre in this movie? I, it wasn't funny, but I just laughed in disbelief when it happened because I forgot about this. When he hallucinates Haley Joe Osmond taking a swig of that drink at the diner, and Haley <laughs> Joe Osmond is playing drunk, like <laughs> I was like, "What is happening right now?" It's not Haley Joe Osmond.
No, oh, I'm sorry. What's his name? That's a sixth sense. <laughs> <laughs> you're right, you're right. Wrong kid actor. And Wrong you know, kid actor. You know, <laughs> and you know what? He's the one who's in Tusk, not this kid. Guaranteed. Oh, there you go. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, what's this kid's name? Uh, I mean, I don't know, but it's not Haley Joel. No, it's not Haley Joel Osment. This is. <laughs> you put all that out, Tom. No, 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 no. Everybody's gonna hear that. <laughs> Jake Lloyd. Jake Lloyd. That's it. Who has Do you know what? <laughs> thankfully retired from acting. He has. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he blames the Phantom Menace for ruining his life. And I'm and I want to say to him, you were in a freaking Star Wars movie, kid. Come on. Yeah. Uh, he was best friends with Jar Jar Binks, who was about as believable of an actor as Arnold Schwarzenegger was in this. The guy didn't get the best. <laughs> didn't get to work with the best. <laughs> Too shy. 